Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So excited you decided to join us today. Before we jump into the podcast, I'd first like you to go over and check out other podcasts, High School Hoops, the five-minute basketball coaching podcast, uh, Funneled on Defense. Just finish this one first and then uh, pull the car over or stop your run and go over and check the other ones out, download all of them, um, But uh, and leave a five-star review. We love that. Uh, but we would like to give a shout-out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish. Um they, we don't, I, I believe in this. I believe I don't have a lot of sponsors um, that I talk about, and Dr. Dish is one of them. I believe in this machine. It is great. It has helped our team. Um, you mentioned Coach Unplugged, and they'll give you $400 off. That's all. That, that's probably the best compliment I can give is a lot of people approach me about, uh, about being me talking about them and being sponsors on here. And Dr. Dish, I believe in them so, so much that. Um, that's why I do it. Also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It's the one-stop shop for basketball coaches. It is what I would have wanted as a young 25 year old coach. Um, I would have wanted all of these resources and, uh, you know, maybe it would have helped me, uh, win a few more state titles. I don't know. Um, but from someone that's been a nationally ranked coach, um, and had nationally ranked teams and won that numerous state titles. Um, this thing is everything you need to take your team to the next level. Um, we offer a 14-day free trial because we believe in it so much. Go over and check it out, and let's head off the podcast. You know, something like that. I want them to know the rules, and me handing them a list of rules or me sitting down in a classroom talking to them is probably not the best way for them to learn. If I have a ref there at my practice and he shows it in a live situation and then he reviews, here's what I'm telling my my referees to emphasize this year. This is what you need to watch. You know, no hand checking on defense or something like that. All of those things go into your running the kind of program the way that you want to run it, having really sharp players. Um, cutting players from your team. 
really the only thing I have to say here is I, I don't think you should post it on a board. Never. I don't, and, and I don't think you should call them out uh, like in a big line. I, I have a bunch of different ideas. I, I gave some of them earlier. You know, if you, if you did my, all my workouts and you had the grade point average I wanted you to have and you, didn't, you only had one or none behavior infractions, then, you know, I was going to find a jersey for you. And that, that right there eliminated most of the problems that I would have. Yeah, so here's – I'll tell you how I do it, how I used to do how I still do it in high school is um, I do I – have, I have never posted a list ever. Because if you try out for my team, you deserve to hear from me face to face. Yeah. Um, I usually have one or two assistants in with me, but um, to hear why you made it or didn't make it. So I think that's I owe that to you. We owe that to you. Um, so I do that, and then I what I do is I go outside. We end practice the day I do cuts a little bit early, and then I have an assistant coach stay in the gym, and then I tell them I talk to them about cuts and what's happening and how many people we're keeping, and then. I say, once you leave this gym, you're not coming back into the gym. You're done for the night. I'll see you tomorrow. And then I have, I have the coach send out kids in different order. Some of them make it. Some of them don't. That way they don't feel – I don't want them embarrassed by them not making it because yeah. they got to come to school the next day anyway. Um, so I think you, you, you want to remember they're kids. They're still kids. It's like it's the worst day of the year. I hate it. It's, it's, yeah. it's one of the things I won't miss about coaching is cutting. Right. Um, you can't it, keep 30 kids on a team. Yeah. It hurts. And, it, and if you're doing it right, it should hurt. It should yeah. not be something that you look forward to. Yeah. The only other thing I have there for cuts is I think a senior should start or be the first guy off the bench. Or I think that you should just tell them after their junior year, you know, they're taking the spot of somebody They're They're not going to be happy. Their parents aren't going to be happy. And I have made some exceptions to that. You know, I've had them kind of be the manager because some of them have said, listen, coach, I think I want to be a coach when I, you know, when I'm done with college and all of that, I still want to be a part of this program. Well, of course I'm going to keep somebody like that. And so I make them do what everybody else does, but they know going into it that they're only going to get playing time if there's an injury or, if we do have somebody drop off because of academics or something. And so I do think there's exceptions. I don't think anything should be a hard and fast. No, rule, I, but I, I think I just generally you don't want seniors on your bench. And yeah. that's something I learned the hard way. Um, and so if you can avoid that, I just wanted to drop that. It's, it's hard when seniors aren't going to play. I, my rule is if you're in my rotation, we play half. So I, I probably play eight or nine. If you're in my rotation and I'm and you're a senior and I think you can help, I'll keep you. If you if I, yeah. you're not in my rotation, it's hard for me to keep you. Yeah, Just, right. Yeah, because there's underclassmen. Uh, quickly uh, on multi-sport athletes, I know we covered it, but here's what I here's what I cover with that. It's over after eight semesters. How will you spend your time? You'll have right. to look in the mirror and say, "I did it my way. I made a decision based on what I want to do." And I don't want anybody to follow me and say, listen, I, I was pressured to do this, but I really wish I had have done this while I was in high school. And I, what I'm trying to build into them is you alone will re- reap the rewards or the consequences of the choices that you make. And I think sometimes we try to keep them from making those tough choices early on. And 
I think they need to make those choices as early as possible and live with the consequences of their decisions. I agree. Um, recruitment of players, you know, no NCAA guidelines. They're easily found on websites and all that kind of stuff. And there are some things that change every year, you know, know what their core classes and GPA and all that kind of stuff. And what, um, so, so explain real quick the difference between, I know the difference between one and two. What's the difference between two and three? Like for three, I can't do a single thing with my players until October 15th. Okay. So like I can have meetings, um, but I can't require them to be there. Like I can't have a team meeting in a classroom. We have the culture of the individual meetings where they come before October 15th and they meet with us. But I can't. I technically can't require that. And then, and then October fifteenth to November, you start November fifteenth. November, the first week of November is when we can technically start playing games. So what, what, October fifteenth is your first day of practice. Yeah. Okay. So and then, can, what about postseason? Postseason is technically, uh, it ends whenever the championship game of D three is, and okay. so we can practice. Um, we can practice until the last day of the season for everybody. Okay. And then this year with the COVID-19, it ended when they called it. Right. Okay. Yeah. That was bizarre. So like our school, we had, uh, our president said on, uh, Thursday at a, at a convocation that we had, uh, tomorrow when your class is done, we were going home for spring break anyway. He said, you're going to load all your stuff and, when you go home for spring break, you're staying. So right. I didn't get to meet with my players and do a whole lot of stuff that I would have. And how far did Division Three make it this year? I don't even know. They make it Sweet Sixteen. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um. Six. I think they made it. I think they had two rounds. I think so. Sixty-four, thirty-two. Yeah, maybe sixteen. Yeah. Um. Awards. I only ever give three awards. Um, I let the team vote on them. I, I don't necessarily go according to voting. If I feel like they're rewarding somebody who doesn't represent my program the way that I want it, which is pretty rare, but it does happen. Um, I give most improved. I give defense. And then right now I'm saying it's best example on and off the court for us. We're the Bruins. And so I give the heart of a Bruin award. And that's that's the person who – you know, you see picking up trash in the hallways. They're good with community service. Uh, they get good grades. They're just everything you want a Bruin athlete to be. Yeah, we call it our so, Spartan Award because we're the Spartans. Right. I love that. Yep. Right. Um, I talked a little bit about handling criticism. Let me just give you a few more points on that. If it's deserved, you should admit it, fix it, learn from it, and then forget it. Um, what I what I tell my assistant coaches you can't drive an automobile looking in the rearview mirror. There's a reason why the windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror because <laughs> the that's how much focus you need to have on, on what's in the past. You do need to constantly check that rearview mirror to see if there's any dangers coming from it, but focus on the windshield. Um, if it's undeserved, uh, then just skip all those other things and just skip right to the last step, which is, is forget it. Um, the quote I have on my desk, above my desk, is if you don't want to be criticized, say nothing, do nothing, be nothing, and stand for nothing. Uh, but if you want to be the kind of coach who's actually leading people, 
there's going to be times when you are saying something, when you are doing something, when yep. you're asking them to be something, and when you're standing for something. And you can't expect to go through life not having confrontation and criticism. I, you know, nobody worth their salt has ever gone through life and not been criticized. Amen. That's same in teaching too. Yep. If you're not, if you gotta, I, I, I don't love when people say think outside the box because I don't even think there should be a box. <laughs> you should, you know what I mean? It's like, you should just, if you're, if you're unique and think in a different way, people are going to criticize you. Right. I've got a list real quick here that I got from Morgan Wooten. Okay. From we'll put Top this in the show notes. How many okay. are there? hundred and there's a lot, but um, yeah, if you don't want me to go with them, I won't, but there's, it's things that I got from just sitting at a table with him. And um, I, I published it and, it's been published in different things uh, because it's such valuable stuff. But yeah, I think, it's like philosophy. Call yourself yeah. a teacher. Well, you are a teacher. Yeah. yeah. Right. I won't go through it. Then there's a lot there. Yeah, we'll we'll say we'll save. I'll put those in the show notes. Those are great. How many? Go down and see how many there are. How many are there? It's four pages. So. Oh, that's great. Uh, it goes down to eighty-five. Eighty-five. Those are great. Uh, like things. I really like the last one there. Never give orders that can be understood. Give orders that can't be misunderstood. <laughs> I love that. That is, that's on the front of my my coach's uh, three ring binders that we keep all our practice Never plans give in. orders that can be, I love that. Um, all right, so anything else, coach? I got a couple questions for you too. Yeah, so. shoot. Okay, so um, what do you think the hardest concept to teach is? Whew. Um, more and more it's been, you know, what a good shot is. Uh, okay. Okay. You're the first one to, you're the first one to say shot that. Okay. So why? Well, because, you know, at the college level, especially they've all come from places where they've probably been the guy who's taken a lot of shots, but they're coming from all variety of, of types of high school programs. And, you know, some of their coaches may have really spent a lot of time showing that and some of them may have not have ever even thought of it like that kid was maybe the best player at his school so really whatever he took was considered a good shot right but when you're in our system you know like we have a green light shooting club and if you if you meet that every week um so that's coach but, neighbors right I, yeah. I got that from him i love he, that Red, light, yellow, I love that, yep. And, you know, there's a series of different drills and competitions that they do from free throw shooting to three-point shooting, and they've constantly got to prove in games and scrimmages and in these drills, they've got to constantly meet these marks so they can't beat a, a green light shooter because you know what happens with um, humans. Once we do something successful, we kind of forget what makes us successful, and we right. stop working at it and do you so, use the one that coach you use his shooting or did you come up with your own i had um like he has some notes and he has a video and i you know he's got a bunch of stuff on his youtube channel right so there's stuff that that i use on mine and i use his i i, I do a little bit of both both okay um, so i i've got enough to i've got enough to do two different ones pretty much every week of the season. So they're not constantly doing the exact same one. Yeah. Cause I think that's the key is with is variety is, is the key. I think, I think, um, I think screening and footwork is really hard to teach properly. 
Um, that's always on my ca- categories. Um, is there one? Is there one coaching moment that we could dive into for the listeners that would um, that they could learn from? Like um, a plus, a minus, a good, a bad. I'll give. I'll give. I can't remember the coach's name, but I was going against the winningest coach of all time uh, in Virginia. And we were down by one at the end of the game with the ball on the sideline. And I ran a beautiful play and the guy was wide open. And I put a senior in to inbound the ball. And he, he never throw a long pass short, and that's what he did. And the, the guy was wide open, but he probably threw it eight to ten feet short. Oh. And the play was beautiful. We had practiced it, all that kind of stuff. But it was my fault as a coach. He had never been the inbounder, and I overlooked the importance of the inbounder. When you're thinking about an out-of-bounds play in a clutch situation, before that point, I had never thought about who is the best guy to be the inbounder? You're always thinking about what's happening inside the lines. And, you know, that was – I mean, that's obviously something that I've never forgot. That was my first year of ever coaching high school, and I had a legend on the ropes, and my own stupidity cost our cost our team a game. I, I, I say overcoaching. <laughs> I, I've learned not yeah. to overcoach. Like, yeah. yeah, don't overthink and don't overcoach, I think, is a big one. Um. Let me do my rapid fires because I like my rapid fires. I want to make sure we get these in. So what's your favorite brand of basketball that you use? Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Wilson Evolution. And why? Um, You know, they've just consistently put out a good product. You know, we use them in the gun a lot, and they tend to, to keep their grip and, and all that in the gun. The solution, for whatever reason, has been too spongy, and it tends to go down in the gun a little bit differently. And uh, that's why you need other- a doctor dish, man. You need a doctor right. dish. They all last. Well, the dish. They're a they're a new sponsor of our of our podcast, so we're looking at doing that. You are, yeah. yeah. Um, one uh, one word to describe your ideal player. Uh, competitive, you know. I think if somebody's competitive, you can work with almost anything else that they have. But if they're not competitive, I've never really been successful at making somebody measurably more competitive than where they've come out of me. I mean, I have, we've made improvements and all of that, but it's a constant struggle. If they just don't have the engine, then they don't have it, you know? Um, your favorite pregame meal? Uh, Subway, rotisserie chicken. Really? Yeah. Do you, do you eat that a lot? Yeah, we eat Subway on the road. I, I learned, uh, again, from early experience, what you can have before a game and what you can't. And so we always have pregame meals at Subways, whether we're at home or on the road. 
What's your, do you have any superstitions? Yeah, I, I, I'm not big into Eastern meditation or anything, but I do sit and I meditate and I really, I think of one word, which is usually a word like calm or peace. And I just, I feel like when I do that for 20 minutes and I sit alone um, in a place and I'm able to just focus on one word, it calms all my thoughts when I get done you know, in my deep recesses of my mind, I've been able to come to some solutions about things that I don't come to when I'm sitting there just focused and being aggressive about it. And so I take 20 minutes and just shut my eyes and have some peaceful music. And I just relax in a, a cold, dark room. And um, I usually listen to the same, same music. Uh, different opponents, I wear different suits and ties based on success I've had in that same suit and tie in the past. Uh, the best, the, uh, the most taught skill in basketball. The most taught skill in basketball. Um, I think people, if you watch a lot of the trainers online, I think people try to treat, teach dribbling slash ball handling the most and, and I'm not sure that the way that it's done is really all that effective. Okay. What's the least taught skill? Uh, I think what you were saying, I think everything is so much easier on, on all aspects of basketball if you have the right footwork. And so what I do is a couple times a year, I will take my iPad at practice and I will just focus on everything from the waist down. And I will have another iPad focusing on what happened on the waist up. And I can tell you what went wrong based on just looking at what their, their feet do. And, and most of that is in our defensive shell, but it's, you know, it's three point shots too. And really you see it a lot in your finishing footwork. If you don't have the right finishing footwork, you know, you could end up getting your shot blocked or you could end up shooting too hard and, and missing a lot of shots. And I think everything goes back to your footwork. I agree. I mean, it really does. I mean, um, one thing you do, uh, you already told, uh, one coaching technique you think is important. Uh, you know, I think trying not to make everybody, you know, we grew up hearing beef for shooting and try <laughs> to get everybody to have the perfect JJ ready or JJ Reddick or Kyle Korver shot. And our bodies just aren't built that way. And, no. you know, some people do need to have 10 toes to the rim, but some, some people don't. Some people have to have a slight turn in order to have their elbows stay straight. It, their shoulders and elbows don't work that way. And so, you know, just being – just teaching your shooting technique the right way for, for that player. I agree. I, I, my son had a dip. So, I mean, he's taking more shots than, oh, my God. He, I mean, he's got legit range, but between his freshman, he wasn't strong enough. So, he had a – he had a, I mean, it's still not where I want it, which is like yeah. a little bit here, but he used to have a dip, which we, we were able to take care of because uh -huh. I'd say only worry about the big things. Like, yeah. you know, he couldn't get a shot off fast enough because he'd grab it, he'd dip, and then he'd shoot. So, that's something we had to fix. But whether the elbows are perfectly – all that stuff is – Footwork yeah. is important if you want to get it off, to be honest right. with you. Your, your pre-prep is as important as um, right. anything. Um, but I tell young coaches, if they have a big flaw, that's when you got to take care of it. Yeah. Um, 
you know, the little elbow, the beef thing I agree with. Uh, best, pe- best player you have seen in person? Um, you know, as far as, you know, just a couple of times, I saw Michael Jordan. I saw him. I just found my program uh, today, actually, watching all this last dance stuff. But I saw Michael Jordan uh, before he had Pippen and all that. I got my dad was from New York City. So I got to see him at Madison Square Garden on Christmas Day. And that's he was the game where he had the dunk where he rocked it. And some famous clips of, of Michael Jordan were from that game. And then I got to see him um, at the end of his career playing for the Wizards and all of that. So I got to see him a couple different times. I told you before we got on here that I was around Kevin Garnett a lot. And, you know, seeing him here in the community and, you know, he – you just never seen another player at, at that age coach the other players. If somebody missed a box out or didn't do what they were supposed to do at a young age, he was getting on those people and just tearing them apart. Right. He, people were terrified uh, of disappointing him. And, you know, I just, I wish that players could see that, you know, sometime he went, sometimes he went a little bit overboard, but I would rather have to pull somebody back than trying to make him get to that point, you know? I agree. Um, one thing that's one thing that's helped you become a better coach? Uh, being humble enough to ask so many coaches, you know, if I like something that they're doing, asking how they do it, how I can implement that, and, and all of that, the, the quicker you get over yourself and realize <laughs> that, that the, the way to be the coach that you have in your mind the quickest way to do that is really to admit that you're nothing and find people that, that can help you. And, you know, I still do that to this day. Right. Yeah. To get out of your own way is uh, best game you've seen in person. Um, I was a Clemson uh, season ticket holder and they're at one point when they had Rick Barnes, they got to where they were number one in one poll and Wake Forest was number one in the other poll. And that's when they had, uh, Tim Duncan and Lauren Woods and all of that. And I had really good seats right under on the baseline, right underneath the basket. And uh, I think that's probably the best game I've seen in person. Uh, best basketball coach of all time. You know, I, I've had a couple and, you know, they've been high school coaches, but Bob Hurley and Morgan Wooten have done so much to try to help me and, you know, early in my career, even Jerry Pedigo there in, in Wisconsin, you know, he, he coached for 100 years there at Cuba. And, you know, and then Doug Novak and Lenny Acuff here, you know, I, I wouldn't say Coach K or, or Wooden or some of those other people. I would say, you know, I got a chance to talk with Dean Smith right after he broke the, the win record. I happened to have my team and we were touring the Dean Dome and he came out of his office and talked to us. And the more you read about basketball, the more you realize how much Dean Smith was the first to do a bunch of stuff in this game. And, you know, in Atlanta, I started looking at a lot of African-American influence on basketball and it really John McClendon instituted the fast break. And there were some African-American coaches who had done something like the four corners. Right. Even before Dean Smith did it. I know it's yeah. The history behind it. I tell, I tell, I tell um, coaches too. It's like the 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 best coaches probably around the corner because sometimes I think high school coaches there's there's gems out there if you can. I mean, I've found them in my podcast. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, uh, one book you'd recommend? Whew. I've got a lot. But, I know. Look at know. me too. You know. <laughs> I, yeah. I already mentioned uh, Atomic Habits, and so I'll go. Um, you know, it's a good book when you see it quoted in a lot of other books, and that's the score takes care of itself about uh, Bill Walsh and all that philosophy is, is if you're doing all these things and it's about the process, it's not about any one event. And you hear Nick Saban and all these people talk about process, 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 and Bill Belichick and the most famous coaches and all of them quote, the score takes care of itself. And it's, it's one book. I've got a couple of books, but it's, it's one book that I reread every off season just to help my focus as I prepare. As you, yeah. Um, all right. Last question. This is what I always end with. What would you tell your younger self? Uh, what would I tell my younger self? Let's see here. I think I had a document. And for those of you that are listening, I will get these from coach and then I'll just put them in the show notes yeah. so you can, um, you can, cause I know some of you are probably jogging or running or listening or doing something other than sitting somewhere and probably taking notes. So I'll, I'll get these and put them in the show notes for you. But telling my younger self is kind of what I already said. Just the quicker that you don't try everything under the sun, you know, you don't want to coach the same season 10 years in a row where right. you're constantly in year one of your program. And if, if somebody had given me that advice and explained that advice to me, that would have helped me. But when you're, when you're new to it, you don't really know. And so there is going to be a little bit of change from year one to year two. But by the time you get into year three and year four, you should not be recreating the wheel every single year. you got to settle in on your philosophy and and get be an expert at a few things not try to be a master of everything well and i and this is from someone who taught has taught over 30 years when you, the first one you said you're not a coach you're a teacher which is 100 percent true right you can read all the books you want you can watch all the youtube videos you want you got to go coach to become a coach yeah. and then you'll learn i mean like teaching the first le my first lesson was probably horrible in my first I mean, I feel like I'm hitting stride after 30 years of teaching. Right. So it's the same with coaching. It's like you, th that, that those first couple of years, you have to do a lot of reflection. You have to do a lot of this work. This didn't work. You're not going to know it all until you get thrown to the wolves, to be honest with you. And so what helps is every day at the bottom of your practice plan during practice and after practice, right down, right then, what yes. worked, what didn't work, what your ideas are. Yes. Keep them in a three ring binder. And as I'm preparing practice, even to this day, I'll open up those three ring binders and look what I did at about that time in previous years. And maybe all I get from that is whatever my thought for the day was a couple of years ago. Maybe I really like that thought for the day and that's all that I get. Right. But I constantly go back and do that just like you would with a lesson plan. And Yep. And I'm always jotting. I mean, I, I, I don't type them up. I write them out old school. Now I'm, yeah. people are going to just say I'm an old person, but the reason is I, I, you know, I tuck it behind my, my pants and then I pull it out during practice and I'm making notes on it. Like, 
right. Ooh, that didn't work. Or Johnny needs, I need to talk to, I need to gather him because I didn't get to talk to him today or something. So I'm using it. You know, it looks like someone really crumped it up into a yeah. ball by the time practice is over. But I got it, and then I can reflect on it. So for a young coach, I would definitely recommend that. That's, that's a great tip. Um, thank you, Coach. I appreciate it. Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying this. If you are, maybe go over and check out Coach Collins' other podcasts, Teacher Sidekick and High School Hoops. Um, subscribe, like, leave a five-star review. Maybe. And then uh, also you can go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. All right. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.